Welcome to the Popish Plotcast. I'm Nate. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. We are three lay Catholics who are attempting to share our love of the Catholic Church with others in the hopes that they might be able to develop their own love for being a member of the Catholic Church. We're just trying to live out our charism of friendship and fun and hope that you find this an encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ in his holy church. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Popish Plot. I'm Mike. And I'm Nate. And this is the founder of the Knights of Columbus. If all went to plan, by this point, we can now refer to the founder of the Knights as Blessed Michael McGivney. Our founder's been beatified. It's fantastic. So on Saturday, the 31st of October in New Haven, <sighs> Father McGivney was beatified. A great victory for our God. So, Michael McGivney was born in the year 1852. Wow. The son of Irish immigrants who had fled from the potato famine. So it's not a good time to be an uh, Irish immigrant here in America. It's a better time to be an Irish immigrant than to still be in Ireland. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. You gotta choose between the devil and the deep blue sea. <laughs> well, if I gotta choose. Father McGivney, well, well, the eventual Father McGivney was the oldest of 13 children. 13. Wow. Seven of whom survived childhood. Well, that's good. Indeed. But yes, as Nate was saying... This was not a great time to be a Catholic in America, especially not to be an Irish Catholic in America. There was a lot of discrimination. There was an entire political party or political movement based on opposing Catholics. Yeah. The idea was that Catholics would not be loyal citizens, but instead would just be, you know, foot soldiers for the Pope. Yeah, we, we, we were, all us Catholics were realistically not patriotic Americans, but were rather uh, Vatican spies. Who were sent in to undermine the good American government and way of life. Though, just as an editorial, we can expand this some other time. Things would probably be a little better in the church if more of us were a little more loyal to the Vatican and a little less completely assimilated Americans. Well, well, I mean, I agree. We can, we can unpack this a whole lot <laughs> some other time. But to put it into short words, mm -hmm. I would say that the, the truth is always that the world would be a lot better place if more of us were uh, aligned with God more and with the world less. And Father Michael McGivney was somebody who was trying to, who was at least trying to be that person. Amen. So Father McGivney felt a call to the priesthood and he went off to seminary. You know, American Catholicism was still, you know, growing then. So he was sent off to the Canadas. Ah. Sorry. But then but in then. 1873, his father died. Oh. And... Such was the plight of his mother and all of his siblings that Father McGivney had to leave seminary to go to work to support the family. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the breadwinner's gone. Who's going to take care of the family? And this was to have a profound effect on his later ministry. Yeah. Father was ordained a father in 1877. Yeah, only four years later. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, back on track. You know, uh, Cardinal Gibbons of Baltimore was able to help out the family so that he could go off to seminary. And that's where he finished up his, well, that's that's finished up his formation. That's a good man, that cardinal. Absolutely. Only the second American cardinal. Wow. And he was assigned, father, the brand new father, Michael McGivney, was assigned to St. Mary's Church in New Haven, Connecticut. Just four years later, when he's still 29 years old, Father gathers some of the men from St. Mary's to begin to form what eventually become the Knights of Columbus. See, because he's got a problem that he's not all that unfamiliar with. In that time, there's no social safety net. So if something no. happens to the breadwinner, the widow and the orphans, they're in real trouble. Yeah, women, at this point in time, women could not find a, a work that would provide a livable wage. I mean, they could. there were things that they were that they could do either in or out of the house, that could mm -hmm. bring in some income, but you're not going to be feeding 
a family of two or three. or Well, and especially if there are many small children that she has to take care of. Yeah, they need care because they also don't have a really good solid, mm-hmm. you know, child care, uh, social child care mm-hmm. system like public schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there were, there were two concurrent problems. One, if the breadwinner, anything happened to him, and this is the age of industrialization where there weren't yet safety standards. Lots of bad things happened at the job, especially because for people like Irish Catholics who were not considered to be as good of an American as some others. They had the crap jobs. You had the really crap jobs. You were working down in mines where... Or, Or... In the bowels of a machine where there's all sorts of whirly pieces of metal and one can easily lose something. Yeah, and, and we did, they didn't have OSHA, so there's mm-hmm. no occupational safety mm-hmm. me- mechanisms mm-hmm. or measures. There's mm-hmm. no workers' comp. There's nothing. So if anything happened to the breadwinner, the family was in real trouble. But there was also a concurrent problem. Knowing this, many men were being lured away from the faith to join a very anti-Catholic fraternal organizations. You, you've probably heard of some of these. I mean, there, there's a few of them out there, but there, there's a few that really stick out, like the Masons. Mm, mm. Yeah. But others who are a little more benign, like the Knights of Pythias. But, yeah. but again, in, an, in a climate of anti-Catholicism, a lot of these groups... They really hey, wanted you to could be ca- you could be you could be Catholic and risk your life day in and day out. But then your family's right. your family's going to be left high and dry. Or maybe you know you could just be a regular Christian like the rest of us. And then even if something does happen to you, then we'll take care of the family. Yeah. So men were in choice because they have an obligation to take care of their families. So Father McGivney was a man of action. He decided what we need to do is we need to band together as Catholics to take care of Catholics. Yep. And so part of this was by building together with 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 people who were willing to to share what little they had mm-hmm. uh, to create a fund that when a family lost their breadwinner, mm-hmm. they were not thrown out to the streets to to fend for themselves. And even to this day, well over a century later, there is still no greater duty we have as knights than to care for the widows and the children of our brothers. That's correct. The other part was to create a organization in which these Catholic men could get together. Mm-hmm. And be strengthened in their faith. And build up each other. Mm-hmm. They could build a community. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they could build their community. These men they call knights. Built on the pillars of charity, unity, and fraternity. Patriotism would be added later. So, Father McGinney founded the Knights. Started to grow like wildfire. Yeah. But he was still a very dedicated parish priest. And so, serving people in the middle of a influenza pandemic, Father McGivney, weakened by his labors, died in 1890 mm. at the young age of 38. Now, I remember there was a time in my life when I was young and foolish when 38 seemed, oh, that's, wow, that's, a, that's, a, that's a long ways off. He lived a, while, he lived a, he lived a good long while. <laughs> now, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> 38 was not so long ago, but geez, no, it's, that's, it's, that's too young to die. Yeah. But Father McGivney had established a fan fantastic legacy just for example in the last fraternal year the knights reached more than two million members wow i know that's crazy because we don't just stand alone there's millions of us that's right and as as we as i have often pointed out to uh knights when they were when we were looking at tallying up all the so all the the all the uh service hours and things that we've done Mm -hmm. you're a knight the service you do is the service of a knight amen and to the tune of more than 77 million man hours in the last year. Don't just donated time. Yeah. And over 187 million dollars. And uh, and on those occasions when there have been uh terrible disasters, the knights are there. The knights are there. In fact, in many cases, they're some of the first ones there. Mhm. 
before even before even Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Because? Because they're already there. They were already there, and they are supporting the community that they were in. Exactly as Father McGivney did, and exactly as the Knights teach us to do. But there's one more exciting bit. Okay, what is it? I'm all set. A miracle. A miracle? Yes. Okay. Now, obviously, Father McGivney was a priest, so every time he celebrated Mass... There was a miracle. Sure, sure. And, and, and we've already covered a couple of the bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catholic, mm-hmm. dead, <laughs> lived a life of heroic virtue. Well, I'm just, we're, yes, we're, we're, building up, we're, yes. we're building up our path to sing it. So there, you're right. There, there's a process here. This is not just slipshod. We're, we're building up our pathway, mm-hmm. pathway to sainthood here. And mm-hmm. you're right, you're right. So we, we've got and all Catholic. Of, and all of that will get you as far as being venerable. Catholic death, uh, life of virtual, life of virtual uh, heroism, mm-hmm. and he was declared venerable by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth in two thousand eight. Right, but then that's the end of the human part. Okay, so now part. and so now we're getting into the supernatural. Now you need a miracle. All right, and boy did Father McGivney come through. Okay, so not so long ago, uh-huh. a child was conceived. That happens quite <laughs> often, actually, in the normal way. <laughs> in the normal way, and this is a great and glorious thing. But using our modern technology, it was discovered something was a little wrong. They discovered two things: one, the child, a beautiful baby boy, okay. had Down syndrome. Oh. Now, in the world, most children with Down syndrome are aborted for no other reason than they have Down syndrome. But as Catholics, we know that every life is worth living, mm-hmm. and we we take great joy in our brothers and sisters who, though afflicted with Down syndrome, are or wonderful. I- Delightful children of God, or, or realistically, any other uh, or any dis- any, dis- any disorder or disability, yeah, absolutely. Because all those ones who, who who, despite all the 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 bad cards that they've been given in in their life, have still gone on to make a winning hand. And this is what's so frustrating about the world: just giving up on people. Yeah, but, but his parents, good, faithful Catholics, so that's no problem. Okay, he's going to be a great blessing to his family. Excellent. But then they notice something else. Uh-oh. He's got a condition known as fetal hydrops. That doesn't sound good. It's not. It, there's a tremendous accumulation of fluid in the body because his tiny little heart is not pumping the way that it should. Mm, oh. And it's it's a death sentence. Yeah. He's not going to make it. The doctors advise immediately aborting the child. But they say that even if we don't, he's going to die and then will induce the delivery of, uh, induce a stillbirth. There's just, there's, this kid, he's not going to make it. There's There's, nothing medicine can do for him. It's a death sentence. He's he's done. But of course, we know that the grave couldn't contain our Lord. And and, and he's got good Catholic parents. So Mm -hmm. I'm guessing Mm -hmm. they decided that we're going to trust God on this one. They trusted God. And specifically, they asked for the intercession of venerable Father McGivney. Well, he did look out for, he did look out for, for families and children. Amen. So... They pray, and they pray, and they ask Father McGivney's intercession, and lo and behold, they go in for a checkup, they they do some scans, baby's absolutely fine. Wait, wait, absolutely fine. Well, still Down syndrome. Okay, okay. But, okay. but the, the hydrops the are all gone. completely gone. Okay. At first, they don't even realize who the parents are, because obviously those parents had a you know, child who was going to die. Yeah. This, is a, this is a healthy kid. Right. So they, they check the paperwork. Oh, you're them. No, there's there's no way that this happens. There's no treatment. There's no chance. They had the child had a medically mm-hmm. incurable disease, mm-hmm. which which only ever under non miraculous circumstances under natural conditions always results in death. There we go. And yet gone, gone, like no trace. Just boy is born today. He's five years old. He's delightful. Wow. His parents named him Mikey. I went to in honor of Father McGivney and. 
in a fun little coincidence, because of course there are no coincidences, yeah. Father McGivney was the oldest of 13 children. Little Mikey, the youngest of 13 children. Wow. He never should have been born. He should have been dead in his mother's womb. But God is so good that through the prayers of Father McGivney, Mikey was healed. And today, he's the apple of his parents' eyes. Man, why, why wouldn't he be? He's, he's a little miracle baby. Amen. And you'll notice in modern times, almost all miracles involve healings because the church carefully documents these things. They've got reams of files of the scans of Mikey when he was going to die and then the scans of the healthy boy who was taken to term, born, and is today thriving. And and they... And, and we've, as we've discussed before, when yep. we talk about when we talk about uh, miracles and within the church, they not only go through a rigorous process of documenting everything, but they go and they take it to people who aren't going to be on their side. <laughs> hey, Doc, can you explain this? I cannot explain this. Yeah. So that's how Venerable Father McGivney became blessed. Michael Joseph McGivney. Oh, fantastic! One more miracle, and he'll be a fully canonized saint. All right. So time to start praying. Indeed. I mean, it's always a good time to pray. But now that we now we've got a little, we we, we had some fairly good confirmation before. Mm-hmm. We've got better confirmation now. Mm-hmm. So we should all take a little time, especially uh, right now, as this is this is just after the 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 uh, beatification. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, to go and pray and ask Father McGivney to pray for us. And we will put a link in the description to the Father McGivney Guild where you can report any ways in which God answers your prayers through Father McGivney. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Popish Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please rate and review us as that will help more people to find the podcast and to join in on the fun. You can contact oh, us at yes. thepopishplot at gmail.com. Find us on the Twitters at thepopishplot. Or you can search for Popish Plot on Facebook. Please rate, review, and we really do enjoy hearing from you. So get in touch. And until next time, as always, remember to live your faith. Love your faith. And share, share that love. love.